welcome to the April edition of BBROB Cast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and knowledge exchange manager for BBRO. Last month, we commented on the good soil conditions and how we were hoping for just a little bit of rain and warmth before the drills start to roll. Well, we've had snow, sunshine and enough intermittent rain, but not quite in the right order to get out in the field. But there is some hope there because the soil temperature is rising and once the crop does go in the ground, we will see some quick establishment. And it's quick establishment that's going to be required for the new British Sugar Early Beet contract. So I spoke with British Sugar's Agricultural Director, Dan Green, to find out more about the contract and how this will work for both grower and processor. Welcome to your first Beatcast, Dan. I know you're exceptionally busy with grower meetings at the moment, so I'm glad you were able to join us on an audio version, and especially that we're going to talk about the newly launched Early Beat contract. So perhaps you can start by just telling us you know, why has this been offered? So the, the contract is, is an area-based contract to take away uh, some of the risk around the lower potential y- lower yields for the very early September lifting. So we, we've seen it as an opportunity uh, in order to fulfil a problem uh, that, that we have. Uh, we've lost a proportion of, of this year's crop, unfortunately. Uh, and it was already a crop that had suffered with a drought back in the summer, particularly uh, throughout the Berry area. Uh, so yeah, we're down on the amount of sugar that we, we need to supply our customer base o- over this uh, year through until mid-September and we want to uh, be able to supply our customers and and retain our customer base so it's important to us that we look at all of the opportunities that are available to us to uh, ensure uh, that we have the supply of sugar that we need Uh, and also give growers an opportunity who may have suffered through um, this year with um, loss of crop due to the frost uh, or the drought even, obviously support that uh, and support our growers. Um, and, and that's very much what we want to do um, going forward in, in terms of offering you know, um, these opportunities to them and, uh, and supporting the industry. But surely a short-term growing contract does carry some risks. As we recognise that growing a crop of beet and lifting it in that very early September period uh, will come with a yield penalty. So we've fixed the offer as a, as a £3,000 per hectare offer, but with stipulations around exactly what the grower needs to do um, to comply uh, in order to get that uh, funding per, per hectare. Uh, and there are things like you, you need to establish a plant population of 80,000 plants per hectare. And we hope we don't have too much of a, a dry summer, but um, has there been any push to make sure you've got some growers with irrigation amongst this group? We haven't specified that uh, as one of the terms and conditions, but uh, my understanding is that there are one or two who've signed up for this that definitely have that capability. And this is something we've never had to introduce before. So was there a blueprint from other countries that you were able to follow? Um, not, not necessarily. I mean, we, um, we very much see it as working with uh, our growers to do something that they're doing anyway with the rest of the crop that's uh, contracted slightly differently. Uh, and it's really about just managing that, that yield penalty that we, that we may or may not get 
at the start of September period, that very early period. Uh, hopefully we'll see some very good yields, uh, but if we have some of the weather that like we had last year, that, that may not be the case. So there's some risk attached to that, and this is us uh, sharing in that risk uh, in order for, for, to guarantee that we have that supply of beet into the factories in that very early September period. We do know that from the beet yield challenge that BBRO ran previous years, certainly in 2017 when the conditions were right, then 72 tonnes a hectare was not out of the question. So it is doable. Absolutely, and, 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 and I very much hope that, that we can do that, do that again this year. Um, and you know, I, I believe that this, this contract, certainly on our part, is set up to align with what growers would normally do. So we expect growers to grow this crop in line with the rest of the crop that they will be growing for us uh, and that, that all of the same kind of best practice and things that they would normally do in terms of herbicide application, insecticide application, you know, it will be very much similar to the rest of the crop and based on all of the best practice documentation that we have. And how many hectares have you actually signed up to this project? Uh, so we've, we've capped this at uh, 1,400 hectares and we've now completely filled that contract uh, to the max. So we've got, um, in fact, just over um, 1,400 hectares signed up to this. And I understand, obviously, the, the seed orders went out some time ago, so there will be seed available to them, but at the moment it's going to be a mix of what's left um, and available, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So on the, on the contracts that we've sent out, we've asked growers to choose uh, the seed varieties that they would like from the available varieties that we have. Um, it will all be non-cruiser uh, treated seed because cruiser treatment has started and we're unable to, um, to get any more cruiser treated seed. Um, but but that's, um, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. But there's nothing stopping a grower that's on one of these contracts to be able to swap their seed around to find the, the best seed for the best soil type and, and production that they needed. Yes, if, they, if they've got a, a treated uh, variety that they want to use on one of these fields, uh, then that's uh, absolutely possible. They can, they can switch varieties around uh, to suit them if, if that's what they want to do. And do you know whether you've got a similar soil type for most of the growers or is it a complete mix? Um, it, it will be a mixture, so there's a slightly uh, larger proportion uh, of the area that isn't around the, the berry factory. It's a berry factory only contract, um, but we will have growers growing it uh, through quite a, quite a wide um, geographical area. Some growers that would normally be growing for Cantley, for Whissington, uh, and even uh, a couple further north than that. Is there going to be extra support from the berry um, team in order to just help with the management of the crops? Yes, yeah, so we're, we're looking at what we need to do to, to make sure that we uh, are keeping a close eye on, on this area that we've contracted in this way. We'll work with growers to, to help them and support them as, as we would do the, the remainder of the crop and, and just you know, ensure that uh, all of the best practice that we have is being adhered to. In terms of the, the factory team, then clearly starting campaign probably two weeks earlier than we would normally means that there's a lot of planning and organisation that has to go into that in terms of managing people's holidays uh, and setting the team up to have the factory ready for late August um, and into early September. So all of that planning and organisation has already started. Uh, so again, that's a, a slightly 
a different approach and an impact on a, on a different team. Um, so yeah, something that we, we haven't necessarily done before, which will, which will uh, be, be different and uh, we'll learn from for the future. So learning from the future, what about, uh, I mean, it's a unique opportunity to actually map these contracts out because you've got crops going in, they'll all be drilled by the 15th of April. Hopefully, yeah. In a similar um, area, so there'll be some difference, but probably not a huge difference um, if we're using mainly around the, the berry area. So are you going to map milestones of the crop as they go? Um, I think that's something we, we probably haven't uh, fully fully. Uh, thought through and made plans for yet but it but as you say it does represent a unique opportunity um, we will ha have some resource allocated to this particular crop and there's an opportunity for us to to collect a bit more data about it um, and maybe draw some conclusions from that having harvested it all by a certain date or at least that's the intention yeah. Obviously, if, uh, if the conditions are completely unsuitable in certain areas at certain times, then we'll consider that when it, when it comes to it on a, on a, um, an as-needs uh, individual basis. But even if we don't quite reach a 72 tonne, the, the data that could be collected from there could be very valuable for the industry going forward, couldn't yeah, it? Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a unique response to a, a unique problem that we've had for, for um, certainly the first time in my 20 years in the industry. So I think that there will be those opportunities to, to continue to learn through that and, uh, and, and see how we get on and use it to inform us of, of what we might do in the future. And it's obviously been very popular because well, it took less than a week to fill all the slots. Yeah, absolutely. We had a really an overwhelming response in the first 48 hours that this was open and easily filled the area that we had available within that time and unfortunately we've had some uh, growers that we've had to uh, to let down and not offer them this contract because we've been so oversubscribed for it so that's disappointing uh, yeah it's uh, it's been a, a very uh, very interesting response and I think shows how attractive the offer was yeah and I, I think everyone will be watching it very closely because if it does do well and we can hit more than the 72 tonner hectare there'll be an awful lot of growers wondering if they can lift a little bit earlier um, in future years so yeah we certainly would want to be supporting with BBRO and um, helping growers to have attention to detail to try and hit those milestones and produce the best crop that they can. Yeah I think it, I think it will, be, uh, will, will be interesting for us and we've got obviously the yield uh, is important to, to, to everybody at that time of the year there may also be some challenges around harvesting conditions, harvesting um, contractor availability, haulage availability. So we, we want to you know, ensure that the crop turns up when we want it to. Those growers that uh, want to organise private arrangements and ensure that that is uh, managed by themselves have, have an obligation to ensure that it turns up then. If people want to use our beet delivery service uh, for this, then they can get in touch with us and, and we will uh, aim to organise that in order to get the crop into the factory when we need it. Um, so I think, you know, overall availability of haulage at that time of year can be also be an issue depending on when harvest falls. Learnings from that, I'm sure, uh, when we think about future start dates for factories, um, which obviously will always move year on year depending on the conditions, but all of those factors play a part in our thinking.
And assuming that we can lift um, in the, the time frame, the 4th or the 13th of September, once the factory's up and running, then you'll want the, the general commercial beat to be coming in as well, won't you? Yes, once we're open from the 4th to the 13th, we will aim to get this contracted crop in during that period and then run straight into normal processing, allowing people to deliver you know, towards the back end of that period, beat on standard uh, on the standard one-year contract and, and the other multi-year contracts. So obviously I know, Dan, you've got a really close working relationship with the NFU Sugar Board. When this idea was sort of being mooted around, um, did they have thoughts as well that supported you? Yeah, the, the NFU have been really supportive of this and uh, having made them aware of the, the kind of situation we were facing and then kind of better understood what the... Uh, crop damage was this year. The NFU team uh, put forward a, a proposal uh, and and then we kind of shaped that into something um, slightly different that reflects um, what we've got today. So it was a collaborative approach. Um, you know, we've worked through a lot of the detail, the terms and conditions together very quickly and come up with something that I think is as simple as it can be for our growers in order to um, help them understand it and to get it out there quickly in order to, to meet the drilling window that's about to appear. Yeah, and you needed to be reactive because you know, the, the industry has to meet its obligations and also growers are very keen to see the sugar beet crop um, do well for this year, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it wasn't just uh, us considering what happened, what is happening agriculturally. We had to consider the factories, what maintenance we'd got planned, uh, and how all of this was going to fit together uh, for the business as a whole before so, we could go out with it. So you mentioned factories there. Why just Berry Factory? So we we predominantly um, thought about Berry because of the sugar that we want to flow uh, through to Silver Spoon. That's where the Silver Spoon packaging plant is. But the other considerations were also around what maintenance activities and capital project plans we've got at each of the sites. So for example, Whissington uh, have a, uh, a large scale capital project involving um, putting an additional evaporator into its, um, into its plant this year, which will mean that it's difficult to get all of that work done and the factory commissioned uh, for the start of September, the factory won't, won't be available until uh, slightly later in September with all the work that we've got planned in. And I'm assuming that there's still work ongoing at Cantley at the moment? Yes, so following the, uh, following the issues we had at Cantley last campaign, there's a lot of work been going on to redesign the, the lime intake system, the limestone intake system, um, uh, and that's all, all been done and I was showing the NFU sugar team uh, only yesterday, the, the designs that we've had drawn up for that. And uh, yeah, we've, we've got some of the materials and things ordered for that such that we can uh, get it rebuilt in time for the campaign. Well, thank you ever so much for your time, Dan. It's been great to have a little chat with you and um, we will watch this project very closely um, and hope all the best for it. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Well, let's hope the April showers are kind to us and the crop is soon underway especially for those of you that are undertaking the early lifting contracts. And as we're now in April, it's worth noting that the 2024 recommended list has now been released. It can be viewed via the BBRO website. As usual, the varieties will be available to see at the BBRO demo farm sites later in the year. 
And for those who require basis points, the reference number for March is CP forward slash 125231 forward slash 2223 forward slash K. And for April, it is CP forward slash 125752 forward slash 2223 forward slash K. I hope you've enjoyed this month's speakcast and thank you for listening. Thank you.